Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Word association, Dirty Curdy, first thing that comes to mind. He changed the league, am I wrong? God, I hate Tom Brady. He's talented, but yeah. You just won't call him the goat, will you? We should have called ourselves the Hashtag Tits Podcast. A thousand downloads a day, guaranteed. Dude, it is talking sports. I love it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is he the best running back you've ever seen? If he's not, then who is? Who do you put at number one, bro? There will be a Detroit Pistons Bad Boys episode one day. And you love that two-year run, don't you? No, I do. You can get a hot bat anywhere. You build around your pitching, or at least I do if I'm in charge. Pitching and defense wins your World Series, hands down. I came out of the closet <laughs> as a Lakers fan. Whoa, bro, scared me there for a second. Ah, uh, sure bet, sure bet. <laughs> there will be an increase of boxing talk on this show. I love boxing. I'm down for that anytime. Our few non-sports episodes have been pretty well received. We do good things by running a two-fold podcast. Please put Pete Rose in the damn Hall of Fame. Charlie Hustle, the all-time hits leader. It's political bullshit. And if he ever sees the Hall of Fame, he'll be after he's no longer with us. I miss the NBA I grew up on in the 90s and the early 2000s. The game isn't the same, but these kids can play. We're starting to talk more hockey, and that's, you know, that's that's never a bad thing. Puck the world, puck it all. Puck the world, Kurt (laughs) says. I promise you, I can work a pro wrestling reference into every episode. Want to see me do it? Weird flex, but okay. I can't believe, uh, seriously, in all seriousness, I can't believe we've been doing this show a year now. I can't believe people still listen after a year, you know. You have the perfect face for radio. Oh, cut me deep, son. Cut me deep. He exploded a bird with a fastball. I seen it happen. Randy Johnson, the big unit. The the big unit. So, uh, you know, I I got a little soccer news for you. Now, let me stop you right there. That's a no for me. We don't talk soccer on this show. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Let me ask you, though. Does Kobe win three in a row without Shaq on the Lakers? What do you think? Boy, that's that's, uh, pretty tough. All right. Well, look at it this way. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Without question. And he's still so young. Lots of knowledge left in that kid. All right, guys. Enjoy the next episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards coming to you now. Okay. He's watching Breaking Bad. Well, yeah, some clips, different scenes. Greatest show ever made. Pretty good show, yeah. I started uh, I started The Sopranos. I told you that, didn't I? Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> Pretty good? Oh, God. It's fantastic. I haven't seen it yet, neither. No? I, I need to start it. <laughs> well, we've been, doing oh. a lot of, we've been doing a lot of mafia talk. We did Jimmy Hoffa and everything. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's not what's on tap for tonight. No, huh? Uh, we after mi- today, we can use some good news here, <laughs> or just something, something, something. I like guess you know, feel a little bit better. Well, you should feel better. You got your new starting quarterback. Yeah, he got smashed, but oh well. 
Hey, I was wrong. I said after week. I said by week four, Trubisky would be out, and it was week five. So, yeah, I was close. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good guess, though. Um, so we missed the opportunity. Oh, let's another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. By the way, I guess I didn't yes. even put the show open in, but uh, <laughs> we uh, we missed an opportunity to do a weeknight the other night. Yeah. Because you wanted to move it forward, and I've been running late, so we didn't get it done. And we missed a lot of good sports news. Yes. So I am suggesting that our very next episode be a full-length current events episode. Okay. I mean, I'll let that up to you, but we've got yeah, – no, I mean, here we are good. in postseason baseball now. I know. And one wild card has already been decided. My Phillies Go last Phillies. night. No Phillies. I kind of, I kind of figured Pujols was going to pull the magic trick there. You know, it's his last year, and right. it looked like he was going to get it done. Uh, tip of cap to uh, Philadelphia's bullpen. I tell you what, and they're starting. <laughs> I didn't know they had it like that. It, uh, it's starting to look eerily reminiscent to the bullpen days that they had like ten years ago. Oh eight or oh eight. That was the year they won the. Uh, Yep. World Series. So, but we got Super Bowl talk tonight. Yes. And we're in yes. the we're in the what week 5 of the NFL season? Yep. So, uh actually, I got something to tell you. Yeah. So, I had a friend of mine reach out and uh he was disappointed because he thought we were uh we were covering this a couple weeks ago. I guess when we talked about it. Right. So, he's been anticipating uh, anticipating this episode, he said his dad was screaming for joy watching this game when it happened all oh, those yeah, years ago. Too. He's a big time; they're big time Steelers fans, right? So, yeah, con- and the controversy in this game too. Yes, a lot of people were unhappy about Santonio Holmes's touchdown reception. But, anyways. Um, Why, that, what? They don't think it was a catch? No, just so I know a lot of people were boohooing about it. I remember it back in the day. They're all oh, the Steelers cheaters, which, I mean, it was a catch. It came down inbounds. Yeah, I mean, it ain't barely. 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 I mean, Toe barely. tap. So. Antonio Holmes is pretty decent, man. That was pretty what? Reserved. That was what? Tomlin's second year's coach? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, well, that's right. Without further ado, Puss. Yes. Hattie, old girl. Hattie, old girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. They were. Uh, they, we had swamp people on the TV a little bit ago. Oh yeah. That's why I was like, "Hang on, I gotta wait for the old man to go to bed." I like that show. It was all right. Swamp people. The first two seasons were all right. Chewed them, Elizabeth. Chewed them. Chewed them. Chewed them. Jacob. Okay, so let's right. let's uh, let's do this. This is the first time we've recorded in a while. Yep. And uh let's let's get into it. So uh we're covering Super Bowl forty three tonight. Yes. Uh February first, two thousand nine, uh Raymond Jam Stadium in Tampa. So this would be between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people um Say this wasn't that good of a Super Bowl. I think it, it's in my top ten. It was exciting oh, for me. 
Yeah, definitely exciting. I know, I honestly know, like, you know, when you get on the message boards and you get on the Reddit and all these places, there's a lot of people that say, oh, this wasn't that good of a World or a Super Bowl. Almost said World Series. We've done so many more of those compared to Super Bowl coverages, but right, right. Uh, I think this is one of the best Super Bowls ever. It's I, definitely a top 10 for me. Not just because I'm a Steelers fan, but I would have to agree with you. Uh, Damn good Super Bowl. The underdog Arizona Cardinals. They didn't quite get it done, but boy, they came close. Yes. Well, uh, one of the greatest Super Bowl plays ever, I think, happened. In, Two of game. them, honestly, because I'm telling you, Santonio Holmes is toe tap, but you're talking about you're talking about James Harrison. Yes. Hundred yards. Yes. And he laid down in the end zone, gasping. He couldn't move. Oh, he couldn't breathe. Oh, yeah. What a run. I watched it over and over and over again. I mean, holy crap, it was a bowling ball going down the sideline. Did you watch any highlights for this over the last couple of weeks, getting prepared for this? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched. I actually watched damn near the whole game. Or not, I, I, sent you, I sent you the, the length of the game. I was at the hotel yeah. room in Indy. I was working on the road. I watched the whole game. It took like three hours. Right. But, okay. All right, puss. Let's uh, – man, I just – I get excited talking about it. We haven't even – fucking really got into it yet oh so uh with this victory pittsburgh would become the first team to win six super bowls at the time right this was their second championship in four years and the cardinals the arizona cardinals had entered into super bowl 43 looking for their first nfl title since 1947 which was at the time the longest championship drought in the NFL. They right. became an unexpected winner during the regular season. They finished 9 and 7, which technically is they're not lighting the world on fire. Right. But that's still a winning season. Uh, do you well, know we can't can't count Kurt Warner out and ain't, you know. No. You couldn't. It was he had a career reemergence. Yes. Which if you remember two or three seasons prior, they thought Kurt Warner was done. They went in yep. and got Matt Leinart out of USC, who had yep. lit the world on fire, the old Southpaw, and bust. bust. This Never wasn't really the, this wasn't the USC Matt Leinart. This was Matt Leinart bust. Right, and it, it ain't the college ranks anymore. This is the NFL. <laughs> now, yeah, big difference. The game was broadcast on NBC, and um, they estimate uh, right about ninety eight point. Seven million viewers, making it probably the most watched Super Bowl in history at the time, and definitely the most watched Super Bowl of the first decade of the 2000s. Right. Uh, while many repundants consider this to be the best Super Bowl of the 2000s era, some people consider this to be a lackluster Super Bowl overall. This, however, this game was ranked number four on the NFL Top Ten Networks. Uh, top 10 greatest games of all time. And it was ranked number one for the top 10 Super Bowls at the time. Uh, as of 2022, this is the Steelers' most recent championship and the last title by a Pennsylvania-based NFL team until the Eagles had won the Super Bowl in 2018. This was right. the last time a Phoenix-based team had reached the championship round of the major four until the Suns made the NBA Finals. And... Right. This was the last game to feature John Madden on commentary. Yeah, so, that's right. Now, what's interesting about this, Puss, is um, 
the seeds for this game had been laid going back a, a couple seasons, two, three, four seasons. You know, the Steelers won Super Bowl uh, right. 40 in 2005. Right. They finished 8 and 8 in 2006. Right. Uh, Bill Cower would then step down after the end of the 2006 season. You know, Bill Cower finished with a record of 149, 90, and 1. Pretty good. 12 and 9 in the postseason. Pretty good. No Super Bowls except for Super Bowl 40. Right. So, I mean, he got one in there. Could argue, right. could have been a couple. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm not a Steelers fan, but I love me some Cordell Stewart. Right. Yeah, I remember Slash. Slash. <laughs> now, what's interesting is at the time when you go back, do you remember who was in the running they had talked about replacing Bill Cower for the head coach position? Was it Parcells? No, no. It no. was it was somebody in the organization. Would have been uh, offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt. Okay, Wisenhunt, right. And assistant co- head coach and offensive line Parcells. coach <laughs> Russ Grimm. Okay. Yeah, well... They passed him over to bring in the defensive coordinator for Minnesota, who so, was yeah. Mike Tomlin. So Wiz and Hunt and Grimm said, fuck this, and they jolted to Arizona. So. Yeah, pretty interesting. It, it's interesting there, yeah. Uh, Mike Tomlin might be on the hot seat, folks. <laughs> you you want to go ahead and go ahead, go ahead. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and Matt, Matt Canada. Uh, oh my gosh! Where do I begin? Dink dunk, dink dunk. Now I didn't, I didn't watch the Steelers game (coughs) today. How did, how did it go? How did it go? uh, We got hammered, thirty-eight to three. Ooh! But I'm gonna tell you right now. I mean, just we made a change at quarterback. We did not make a change in our offensive scheme. I don't get it. Dink dunk, dink dunk, dink dunk. Hey, sometimes yep. you nickel and dime all your way to the end zone. If if it works, it works. But if it's it, not, it ain't been working. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. We got two number one draft uh, wide receivers out there, big guys, and we don't throw the ball down the field. I don't get it. Anyway, what is what is it? The picket to pickens or pickens to picket connection? There, I kept joking about. Yeah, pick, picket to pickens. Yeah, picket to pickens. When, give uh, give him yeah. time. I mean, hey, at least Trubisky ain't under center. I I will. Yeah. <laughs> now and now, if we get rid of Canada and get our defense healthy, we might win two games this year. <laughs> do you want right, to do you want do you want to talk about some happier Steeler times? Yes, let's, I do. Let's talk about the two thousand nine or two there Super go. Bowl. Right on. So uh, so basically they were passed up for the promotion to be head coach and assistant head coach, so they leave to go to Arizona. So Wiz and Hunt and Grimm begin to retool the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, let's see here now. Um, they picked up a good running back. Yeah. Uh, they did. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall uh, for the I Steelers. Mean, they, oh, you're yeah, talking about Arizona. Right. Yeah, okay. Cult, yeah, right? yeah, that would be uh, Edron James. Edron James. God, I love Edron. You know where he played, don't you? Miami. Uh, Miami. The U. That's you. The U. That's my team, baby. Right. Uh, let's see. Of historical note, this Super Bowl game matched up two franchises previously merged into a single team known as Card Pit 
for the 1944 season in response to depleted rosters during World War II? Card pit? Card pit. <laughs> okay. Get in your Google machine, folks. Card pit. <laughs> in this Super Bowl, Pittsburgh was going for its sixth win, which would place it in sole possession of the record for most Super Bowls in history, while the Cardinals were seeking their first championship since 47. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. This was the third Super Bowl in league history to feature two pre-expansion error teams joining Super Bowl 15 Steelers versus Rams, the latter of which uh, also went 9-7 and seven in the regular season, and Super Bowl 41 two years prior, which would have been the Colts versus the Bears. This game also featured the oldest franchise in the NFC playing the oldest franchise in the AFC. Really? So, yes. This was also the first time that two quarterbacks who previously started for a Super Bowl winning team opposed one another since Jim Plunkett and the L.A. Raiders defeated Joe Theismann and the Washington Redskins in Super Bowl, was it Super Bowl 18? 18, yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting about this is uh, another reason we picked this is because the 2008 NFL season, in my opinion, was one of the better seasons in NFL history. It's one of my favorite past seasons. Like, I know some people, you talk about past teams and, and past players and past games, but sometimes you'll find real football fans talk about past seasons. Right. Where one right. season was just better. For me, the 2008 NFL season was one of the best. You had a lot going on. You had Hurricane Ike that blew through in September and we had remnants of that hit us. Lots right. of flooding, lots of wind damage. It, you know, we got the remnants of that as it dissipated out. Uh, I had several trees down at my house as the remnants of that thing come through, and tornadoes in September. And right, uh, you know, there was a lot of changes. The 2008 NFL draft was crazy because in the 2008 NFL draft, you had um. I think you had like nine or ten offensive tackles taken in the first round. It might have even been more than that. I'll never forget the headline that come out the following month for the May issue of Sports Illustrated. The title was called Heavy Beef. And it was just featuring how this was the year of the offensive lineman. Uh, Steelers, of course, didn't didn't have to worry about that. I I was just talking about, you know – for those of you that are history nerds, Google the 2008 NFL season. I've got some stuff in here about it later, as I always do, just to, for content filler for the show. But uh, the notable things the Steelers did in the 2008 draft was uh, in the first round, 23rd overall out of the University of Illinois, they took one of my favorite players who wasn't in the league very long, Rashard Mendenhall. Yeah. And then with their second-round pick, uh, they took one of the biggest wide receiver busts in history out of the University of Texas. Lima uh, Sweet. Lima Sweet. There you go. Check out the – well, let's give you some applause. <laughs> Check out the big brain on Kirk Kelly. Uh, yeah. Come, sure Texas did. Longhorns. Guy, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, tall, yeah. had a good vertical, had good speed. This – you know, here, here – this was – this was almost like Ben Roethlisberger playing LeBron James here where Le- LeBron's influencing the decisions of management. Ben's like, give me a tall wide receiver. Give me a Plaxico right. Burris. Yes. yes. They go out and get Limus, 
And he just uh, shits the bed. Yeah, he couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> he couldn't what? Huh? He couldn't what? Catch a cold. Couldn't catch a cold. Nope. Wow, that's going to be on our new show open. He couldn't what? Couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty bad. But And they had high hopes for that guy. Yeah, they did. Oh, my for word, real. did they have high hopes for that guy. And I did, too. I thought, like, I... Yeah, I did, too. I'm not I a Texas football something. fan, but I like watching Texas play. Like, this, I thought, like, this dude's going to be somebody. This is going to be a playmaker. Yeah, for sure. And then... Now, I don't know how many seasons he lasted in the league, but it wasn't very many. I get two seasons, maybe. He got his money, lived out his contract. There you go with your guaranteed contract. You know what? Right. Sidebar, my show, your show. We always get off track. What's do you right? think that since you're, you, you know, we're going to do this episode on contracts one day because you just want right. to bitch an entire episode about contracts. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if these guys bust out on their contracts, they're not the players they live up to be, do you think they ought to give the money back? Fuck. Yeah, I think they should. They shouldn't, they, shouldn't be, they shouldn't get that money. I, I say pay uh, performance. Paid on performance. Wow. Well, I mean, guess what? If we don't perform at work, what happens to us? That's right. If you don't make 300 Simon legs, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Now, going back into uh, the history books as I did the research for this, based off the 2007 records of all teams coming into the 2008 season the Steelers had the most difficult schedule to play in 2008 yeah I remember it was pretty brutal oh yeah so uh, 10 games of their 16 game schedule were against teams that finished with winning records so what else we got in here Uh, You know, some of their matchups that season included uh, the San Diego Chargers in 2000, who were, you know, they were making the playoffs with Phillip Rivers and, you know, 06 and 07 and 08. They played against New England. Uh, They played five games on primetime. The max number allowed by the NFL every season is like five. They played five games in primetime in 2008. Right. And their defense... Tied the 73 Rams record by holding 14 straight opponents under 300 yards of total offense. Their That's de- impressive. Their defense would rank first in the league in total and passing yards given up and second against the run. So. Impressive. Yeah, impressive. Uh, let's see. They finished the 2008 season 12-8. and eight which would have gave them the second overall seed. Man, I'm trying to think now. Who the hell would have been the first seed? Because I looked right through my notes. The 2008 wouldn't have been the, wouldn't have been the New England because Tom Brady got his ACL blown out the very first play of the first game of the season against Kansas City. Right. Wouldn't have been Indianapolis. What did oh, it was the Tennessee year? Titans. That was the year the Titans were going off. They finished 13-3. Thirteen and three. Yeah, and then we and then we get bounced by Baltimore, I believe it was in the divisional round. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh. So yeah, they they allowed the fewest points in the NFL. They were allowing less than two touchdowns a game. They were allowing thirteen point nine points a game. Damn. 
and allowing 237 yards per game. Uh, they rank second in sacks with 51. Of course, this is when your defensive line was uh, anchored by Aaron Smith and the Beard, Brett okay. Kiesel, Casey Hampton, Casey Hampton. Uh, you would have had a uh, you would have had a rookie coming in in Lamar Woodley. Woodley, and you would have had the reigning 2008. He would have he would go on to become the defensive player of the year in James Harrison. Harrison Paul had Amalu. 16 sacks that season. Paul Amalo, uh Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor. I was just going to say Ike Taylor. Swagger. 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 Uh, Paul Amalo he- ranked second in the league with uh, seven interceptions. Right. Yeah. I've watched some film on him. He's just crazy athletic. Paul Amalo? Yeah, game changer. The Hawaiian headhunter. Yes. That beautiful. You know, that everybody used to go for that hair all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He took it pretty well. He didn't let it bother him. You want a fun fact? Yeah. And uh, I think, I think for those listening, you can go check out our archives. Uh, July last year, we did our top ten Steelers episode. It's one of it's in our top ten most downloaded episodes of all time. I think I put in there, and if I didn't put in there, I'm an idiot. Did you know that Paul Amalo loved his hair so much he insured his hair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his yeah, hair was insured for like thousands and thousands of dollars. That's crazy. That's stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. I'm sorry, but yeah. Uh as far anyway, as far as this, go ahead. Oh, it's just easy zone, you know. I mean That's right. That's down. right. As far as the Steelers offense go, for the fifth year in a row, uh, you know, Roethlisberger was at the helm here. Uh they finished the season. He finished the season with thirty three hundred yards. 17 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Of course, his top target that year would have been Heinz Ward. Right. Uh, uh, he had Centennial Holmes. Here's a guy you might not you might not remember. I do. He later went to either he left here to go play for Tennessee or he came from Tennessee to Pittsburgh. I don't remember now. Uh, but Nate Washington. Yeah. And then, of he, course, he, he went to Tennessee. That's right. He went. And then, of course, everybody's favorite tight end, whether you were Steelers fan or not, love and respect he's, him. He's Miller. Oh, yes. he. Remember every time yeah. he catch a pass? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you know, they'd had the two headed running. Uh, well, I shouldn't say two headed. It was it was Mendenhall's rookie year. Right. You know, he got some. Parker. He got. Yeah, he got some action. It wasn't really a two headed attack. It was it was my boy, fast Willie Parker. Right. Uh, and, of course, you had your third down back who, you know. Um, I can't remember his name. Moel uh, Moore. Moel Moore. Moore. Moel Moore, that's right. Yeah. Number 21, yeah. So, you, ha- you, you basically, you had a solid all-around team. Uh, right. Tomlin would win. Um, Tomlin would win uh, the Coach of the Year award. And, of course, you know, Harrison would become the Defensive Player of the Year. The Steelers were rolling into the pay, into the postseason as the AFC's second seed behind the Titans. As I said, the Titans would finish thirteen and three, but they would lose their divisional round against the Baltimore Ravens. Which <clears throat> I want to point something out. Another sidebar here: uh, you've heard me talk for a long time about I'm uh, I've always been a Joe Flacco fan. Yeah. And uh, two thousand eight, Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco both come out. One go, Matt Ryan goes third overall out of Bal- uh, Boston College. To Atlanta, Joe Flacco comes out 18th overall. 18th overall out of Delaware, 
goes to Baltimore. In those first few years, the Ravens and Steelers rivalry. Oh, my. And I tell you what, the 2008 AFC Championship game. What a battle. It was a – oh, man. we were. I don't know if you remember. You know my memory sharp as a tack. We had a snow and ice storm come in as we watched this game. Yeah. So I didn't go to work the next day. Right. So when I knew that was happening, I just got blitzed and watched the game, dude. I I had I was seven, eight cocktails deep. I was twenty one years old, uh, just hanging out with my best friend. Was just you know, right. that was a good game though. Like this Raven Steelers rivalry. Yeah, it's it was a real deal. So so we had a little Steelers talk. We're going to go through here and run through their postseason bid. We're going to get a little Cardinals talk, and then we're going to post. Because our Super Bowl recaps are not nowhere near as long as our World Series recaps. Right, right. Just because of the simple fact of I'm not going to run through a whole bunch of it, you know. Right. But uh, here we're going to go through the postseason now. So, uh, meat and taters. Meat and taters, yeah. Yeah, we got to get to the meat and taters, so we're going to yes. get through the appetizers quick. Yes. So, January 11th, 2009. 4:45 p.m. Uh, we are playing. Uh, we're we're in Heinz Field, divisional right. round, sixty-three thousand and change in snowy twenty-degree Pittsburgh. Y'all love it. The Chargers come into town, fresh oh. off their overtime wild card victory against the Indianapolis Colts. The Chargers would score on a the game's first drive with a forty-one yard touchdown pass from Philip Rivers to. The now since deceased Vincent Jackson. Right. The Steelers' defense would stop the Chargers on the next drive, and then Santonio Holmes would return a 67-yard punt to tie the game at seven apiece. Uh, what a punt return! Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that was crazy. I watched a little bit of it too. Man. Okay, we're two minutes left to go in the first half. Nate Keating would convert a 42-yard field goal to reclaim the lead for the Chargers. Pittsburgh offense would then respond with a seven-play, 66-yard drive in a minute 33 to take their first lead of the game after a three-yard touchdown run from fast Willie Parker. Right? Right. Okay, so here we are now. Uh, The Steelers would open the second half with an almost eight-minute, 13-play drive. Johnny folks possessed the ball, played defense, (laughs) won championship. (laughs) And uh, Roethlisberger would throw a a touchdown pass to Heath Miller. Now, San Diego, what do you think about this, Kurt? San Diego had one offensive play in the third quarter. That is crazy. In the third quarter. That's crazy. Now, this is the 2008 offense. So, you still got LaDainian Tomlinson as your running back, I'm sure, who's still one of the most feared running backs in the league. Right. So and Philip Rivers is unproven. He's in his fourth or fifth season. Yeah. He's still always unproven. Need, always needing a touchdown to win. Yeah, yeah, so you're just gonna keep him off the field. <laughs> so basically the Steelers entered the fourth quarter with a twenty one to ten lead. Uh Gary Russell would score on a one yard touchdown run to extend the Steelers lead. The Chargers would score on their next possession. Uh Let's see here. With fourteen or with four minutes remaining, Willie Parker would score his second touchdown of the game with a sixteen yard run. Then the Chargers feisty running back, Mighty Mouse, Darren Sproles, 
Yes, I like me some Darren Sproles, dude. He had a 62-yard touchdown reception to bring the game a little bit closer, but it was more just for looks. It, as uh, Pittsburgh ended up winning 35-24. to So now... The very I thought our defense let us down a little bit that game. Well, I mean, you still won. Yeah, we still won. But, yeah. All right. So the very next week, we're still in Pittsburgh because they're the number two seed. So, <laughs> so um, we're heading into the AFC Championship game. Right. So they're going to take on the Baltimore Ravens. So this is a Sunday night game, snowy weather, freezing temperatures again. Steelers and Ravens. Okay. I love it. So, uh, let's see. The game did not start off well for Pittsburgh. No. Uh, Pittsburgh scored the game's first points with Jeff Reed converting on field goals from 34 and 42 yards in the first quarter. Santonio Holmes received a pass from Roethlisberger in the second quarter and would run for a 65-yard touchdown to give the Steelers a 13-0 lead. Baltimore, back then, Willis McGahee, shout out Miami Hurricane, Willis McGahee ran ran into the end zone for a touchdown with 244 remaining in the second quarter to bring the halftime score to 13-7. Reed would convert his third field goal of the game in the third quarter. McGahee would score another touchdown with 932 remaining in the final quarter to bring the Ravens within two points. Paul Amalo... I can see this play in my mind right oh, yeah. now as I read this. Troy Polamalu would intercept Joe Flacco and return it 40 yards to score the final touchdown of the game to give Pittsburgh a 23-14 to victory and send them to Super Bowl 43. So, let me get a drink here, puss. Oh. So, now we're going to talk a little. Uh, these Super Bowl recaps go a lot faster, don't they? Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's all right, though. I mean, there's not, there's not as much happening. In the, well, I guess so. Um, well, yeah. No, I think you're right. There's not as much. Baseball is just more. I don't know how long. I so, lost for words. So, I was. I got, some, I got something to tell you. Yeah. So, I've got dry mouth real bad. I was drinking, oh. last, I was drinking last night. Uh-oh. Which yeah. I don't do a lot of. Right. And, uh, apparently, I lit a cigarette last night. Uh-oh. And, well, that's the first time I've had one, and, like, and I didn't even finish it. It just tastes, I just remember it tasted absolutely horrible. Oh, I'll make you smoke a whole pack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty right good, now, considering I have quit I quit back in the first week of June. I'm, pr- I'm proud of it. It was horrible, dude. I had one, I was like, oh, God, what is this? So, I mean, I still got my vape, but right. I, that's done nothing but give me, like, all day long dry mouth. So like, I'm I'm, pro- I'm sucking gallons of water right here while we're doing this. So, Some reason my mouth's dry too. I don't know. <sighs> must be must be catchy or something. I don't know. Sorry, I missed. I just couldn't pass up that opportunity. Right on. Okay, so here we go. So, um, Ken Wisenhunt, under his first season as head coach, the Cardinals would finish eight and eight in 2007. Well, as Eric, in 2008, the second season, they start out strong. They won seven of their first ten games. Uh, but things would fall apart midway through the back half of the season as they lost four of their last six, hitting a low point with a brutal 
47 to 7 loss to the Patriots in their final game or their second Ouch. final game in week 16. Ouch. Now, their final win of uh, Arizona's 34 to 21 win over division rival Seattle in week 17 was just strong enough for them to finish 9 and 7 and earn the fourth seed in the in the national uh, in the national conference, where they went on to earn their first trip to the Super Bowl in franchise history. Are you, and typically, you want to be uh, playing pretty good football when you're coming in there. So four and six. Yeah, on the tail end. That's on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. They won. Or I should say, they lost four of their last six. Right. Right. So two. But so what is that? Two and four. Yep. Two and four in your last six. That's pretty bad. Yeah, but now one reason for their success was the reemergence of you know as we said Kurt Warner, who at the time was thirty-seven years of age. Right. And for those of you that remember, Edron James for the and which we'll get to the what um, Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan oh, Bolden did for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going into this, Kurt Warner, you know. He'd went undrafted. He played in the Arena Football League. He became the St. Louis Rams starting quarterback after uh, Trent Green went down. Yeah, Trent Green, that's right. You know, he led the Rams to two Super Bowls and one Super Bowl win, the greatest show on turf. Right. Okay. Uh, In 2002, his production had dropped and he had had injury. He lost his starting job to Mark Bulger. He eventually left the team, joined the New York Giants, but he lost his starting job then to Eli Manning. He signed on with the Cardinals in 2005, and for the third time, he lost his job in 2006 to uh, the hot hand Heisman Trophy winner Matt Leinart from USC, who was their first-round pick. Well, Leinart wasn't that playing that good, and he got hurt, so Warner got thrown back into the starting lineup and had looked good through uh, most of the season. So they they left him in the starting job, I guess. So then 2008, he went on for posted one of his best seasons of his career. He threw for 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, only 14 interceptions, and he had a he had a National Football Conference best 96.9 QB rating. Pretty good. His top two receivers were Larry Fitzgerald, who caught 96 balls for 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns, and Anquan Bolden for 89 balls for 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns, and a little guy people might not remember, Stevie Breston. He had yes. 77 receptions for 1,000 yards and three touchdowns. There so he had, he had yeah. 3,000 yard receivers. Okay. Now here's 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 something else. So the ground game, Edron James was two years removed from leaving Indianapolis. Edron hadn't played that good, so they had a rookie out of Richmond. Hightower. Tim Hightower. That yeah. a boy, Kurt. Tim Hightower, for those of you who don't know, think of Derrick Henry, but just a little bit smaller. Yeah, because Hightower was a fucking Hightower was a bowling ball. I was gonna say a beast, but a bowling ball is better. Holy crap! Yeah, bouncing off people. Oh man, he was. uh, What What do you mean you always call those? He's a north south runner, not an east and west. That's right. He'll run through guys, not around them. Downhill. Downhill. Um. 
Let's see who made the card. This made the Cardinals the fifth team ever to feature three players with over 1,000 receiving yards. Uh, Edron James had led the team with 514 rushing yards, while Hightower rushed for 400 yards. Uh, Hightower was also a reliable target out of the backfield, as was Edron James. Arizona's offense ranked fourth in yards per game, 365, and third in scoring. Their defense, however... Uh, here we go. Because <laughs> this was another this was another reason it was an underdog story. Arizona Cardinals right. defense. They were pretty inconsistent during the regular season. Yeah, I'd say. Uh they ranked just they ranked twenty eighth in points allowed. Oof. Uh their front line was anchored by defensive lineman Bertrard Barry and uh everybody's favorite guy, Darnell Dockett. Alright. One of my favorite linebackers, uh Carlos Dansby. Yep. Now they had a they had a pretty good secondary though. They had yes. a rookie cornerback that they drafted that year uh, out of Tennessee, DRC Dominic Rogers Cromartie, yep. who's one of my all time favorite players. And they had a badass knock your head off safety. Think of him as like a, a Walmart version of uh, Bob Sanders. That was Adrian Wilson. Yep. So let's see here. Of course, the Cardinals. Go ahead. They had the parts to be a good defense. I'm not sure what was their downfall, but they just couldn't stop anybody. Uh, yeah, kicking off the field on third down, probably like us. <laughs> anyway, couldn't get off the field on third down. Yeah. All right. I'm over it. I wish I could see your face right now. <laughs> it's it's pretty tough to be one and four right now. You know it's. You want to know we're, what we're proud people, you know. What the Steelers the Steelers fans are proud people. Yes. Well, I mean, well, yeah. Do you, Do you know what this? Do you know what the Arizona Cardinals slogan for the 2008 season was? Uh, negative. Shock! Oh. Shock the world! Shock the world! That was their mindset going in. Okay. Um. Oh. Larry Fitzgerald went on to have a playoff run for the ages, a, a playoff record that people still talk about today. You know, they played three postseason games, and that's all everybody kept talking about. I was twenty. I was twenty-one years old, man. Football was life. Yeah, I, I love. I mean, I, I wasn't watching. You know, I wasn't watching a whole lot of basketball. I was watching right. college basketball, but I wasn't watching a whole lot of NBA. Wasn't even watching that much baseball, Kurt. I mean, I was still watching a game a week or two. But football was life. That was where my focus was. Every week, people were talking about, man, did you see what Fitzgerald did? Like, for three weekends in a row, like, this guy had playoff for the ages. Uh, Uh, Top 10 receiver? Of all time? Yeah. If he's not there, he's just outside looking in. Do I put him in top 10 all time? Absolutely. Yeah, I do, too. Overall, as far as the people that make rankings, if he's not in there, he's just outside looking in. I don't see how you overlook him, especially when I give you the stats on what he did during this three-game, well, four if you count the Super Bowl. All right. Um, Great talent. Oh, God, yeah. Did it for a long time, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just finally hung it up, what, a year or two ago? Yep. So, and he's such a class act. He was – Yes. Yes. First round pick in 2003 or 2004. Uh, got his college degree while he was an NFL superstar. Yeah. 
in the off that's, season went back and got his during the off season was working to get his degree that's pretty cool okay um and <laughs> uh athlon sports uh in 2014 you know athlon sports they do a bunch of rankings and news articles and stuff they ranked the cardinals as the fourth worst team to ever make the super bowl i'm like huh. wow it's kind of i a- mean how can you say it about kurt warner i mean <laughs> i don't know um okay arizona advance i want i'm going to put this out and then we'll we'll go through break down their entire postseason games and then we'll get to meet and taters Arizona advanced to the Super Bowl by beating the Atlanta Falcons in the the wild card round, uh, beating the Panthers, who were the second seed in the NFC in the division round. And then they beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in the championship game. Was that Michael Vick? No, it wasn't Michael Vick yet. Uh, Michael Vick didn't come back till 9 or 10. It was probably still McNabb, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Kurt Warner played exceptionally well in this postseason run, throwing for 661 yards and eight touchdowns against two interceptions. But the Cardinals got their biggest performance from Larry Fitzgerald, who caught 23 passes for 419 yards and five touchdowns. Hey. Postseason record. That's good or done. Yeah. All right. So in the wild card round. They're playing a home game uh, against the fifth-seeded Atlanta Falcons. So here you got the most even matchup on paper. You got the four-seed Cardinals. You got the fifth-seeded Falcons. So you grab a drink here, puss, and we'll get into it. Me too. (laughs) I had that devil's whiskey last night. Yeah, devil water. Devil water. So, Arizona would get an early lead going in the first quarter as Kurt Warner would complete a 42-yard touchdown pass to Fitzgerald, the first of many during this postseason run. The Falcons would – this was back in the day. I forgot. Jason Elam was kicking for Atlanta back then still. Okay. Jason Elam booted a 30-yard field goal to give the – uh, but yet Arizona would come right back down the field and strike again as Kurt Warner would throw a 71-yard bomb to Anquan Bolden. Now, right. what's interesting about this is Anquan would pull his hamstring running down the sideline and did not return to the game. Of course, you know, uh, Atlanta took a halftime lead with uh, Michael the Burner Turner. That was the running back. Yeah, okay. Michael the Burner Turner. That was the guy that backed up LaDainian Tomlinson in San Diego. Okay. I could not. I was I was thinking about this. I could not remember where he had played at before. He was Tomlinson's backup. Michael the Burner turned. Yeah. Okay. Would anyway. Algie Crumpler been there then? Algie Crumpler would have still been on that Falcons team, yeah. That's what I thought. I was okay. Uh, How could you not like that name? I mean. Algie Crumpler. That's right. <laughs> Number eighty-one, Algie Crumpler. Yeah, greatest, uh, one of the greatest names in football, maybe. Wait a minute. Top. That was no Tony Gonzalez was still in Kansas City yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, where are we at here? So Atlanta took a halftime lead with uh, Turner getting a seven-yard touchdown run. Uh, 
followed by Matt Ryan completing a two-yard touchdown pass uh, following a Kurt Warner interception. Now, Arizona would take the lead back in the third quarter as safety Antrell Roel. God, I loved him, too. That Arizona secondary was awesome. The defense might not have been that great. The secondary was. Um, So... Tim Tim Hightower, you're all right. You're all right. (laughs) Take another one, puss. So Tim Hightower would get a four-yard touchdown run. The Cardinals would increase their lead in the fourth quarter as defensive end Antonio Smith sacked Matt Ryan in his end zone for a safety. The Falcons tried to come back as Ryan completed a five-yard touchdown pass to Roddy White. Roddy White. Oh, Roddy White. Uh, Yet... Uh, Arizona's offense drained any chance that Atlanta needed to rally. The Cardinals ended uh, the Falcons' hopes and dreams with a two-yard touchdown. No, a 23-yard touchdown to tight end Steven Spock. Don't remember him. I don't remember him either. Huh. But anyways, basically, this was a back-and-forth game, kind of. Uh, and then Arizona would go on to win thirty to twenty-four. What I think, what I think is cool about this is everybody's like, has asked me, you know, like I said, the two thousand eight season was one of my favorite seasons of all time. Here you got two guys who both made the postseason as rookie quarterbacks. You know, you had Joe Flacco for Baltimore right. and Matt Ryan for Atlanta, both in their first year, both number one picks, first round picks, and they both make the postseason. So, of course, that's Matt. Pretty Ryan, that's pretty impressive. This was, you know, Atlanta was in the middle of their rebuild, right? You know, Michael Mike Michael Vick had got arrested and suspended in 2007. They had Joey Harrington playing quarterback for Atlanta in 2007. Maybe even Joey Kitna. I don't know. I know definitely Joey Harrington. Uh, I think Kitna was there. Maybe I don't know. No, Kitten was part of that Lions team that did the. There you go. The 2008, the Lions. By the way, that's another thing. 2008, see, 0 and 16, first team in league history to go 0 and 16. Yep. The only team to go 0 and 16 until the Browns did it, just a few years ago. All right. So now, uh, for the divisional round, we got to go on the road. Uh, we're going to a rain, a cold, rainy night. In Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, January 10th, 2009, for the divisional round. Um, the Panthers were the two seed in the NFC. And this, Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. And then they had the double-headed running back duo, uh, Double Trouble. Yeah, Davis. You, you had uh, Jonathan Wait, Jonathan Stewart. Okay. And oh, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Stewart and... Uh, he, he runs for Ricky Williams. No, not Ricky Williams. Not Ricky Williams. Uh, I can't. I'm getting ahead of my notes here. He's in here though. It was uh, D'Angelo Williams. There you go. I would say he played for Pittsburgh a couple years. Yeah, D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, uh, Williams. I had the Williams right. Just the name first name. What's interesting about this game is these two had played um, in Week Eight of the regular season. Okay. Now the Panthers were coming into this as the two seed. In the playoffs, Arizona was coming in as the four seed. The Panthers were 8-0 at home, and the Cardinals were 0-5 on the East Coast. Which don't mean shit. 
to me that doesn't mean a damn thing but that's just one of those stats you put in there for stats to me it don't mean nothing right right but Arizona would trail early in the first quarter as Jonathan Stewart, who was a rookie that year or 2007. I don't remember when Jonathan Stewart had got drafted. Anyways, uh, he'd score on a nine-yard touchdown run. So Arizona would come back. Kurt Warner would throw a three-yard pass to Hightower, followed by Edron James having a four-yard touchdown run. So back-to-back scores. Um, in the second quarter, Arizona took control as Neil Rackers yeah. made a 49-yard yeah. and a 30-yard field goal. <laughs> Neil Rackers, that's a yeah. good namer. Followed by Kurt Warner throwing a 29-yard touchdown bomb to Larry Fitzgerald. The Cardinals would add to their lead in the fourth quarter as Rackers made a 33-yard field goal. In the fourth quarter, Arizona would end its dominating night with Rackers nailing a 20-yard field goal. Carolina went in the game scoring with quarterback Jake DeLome's eight-yard touchdown pass to Steve Smith. Steve Smith. So they're upset here. Arizona comes out and just stuns them, 33-13. to 13. Right. I do remember that. So Arizona's, def- Arizona's defense, the same defense that ranked 28th, you know, during the regular season. Right. They forced Jake DeLome into six turnovers, five interceptions and one fumble. And they held one of the most feared running back duos in 2008 of D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart to a 74-yard combined on the ground. Damn. What's going on here? Well, you get on a run. <laughs> you getting healthy, probably. I don't know, but... You know what I, mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the typical things that go on in the season. you got a few nagging injuries or what have you. Maybe they're getting healthy in the defense. <laughs> Maybe. Damn, I hit that vape pretty deep. <coughs> now I'm coughing too. So here we go. So January 18th, 2009, NFC Championship game. They have a home game. You know, the Eagles are the sixth seed. They're the final seed. They're um, they're going on the road. Uh, the Eagles had beat... Um, they had beat the number one seed, New York Giants. The Giants were the one seed that year. The Eagles had beat them. I don't, for some reason, don't remember that game. Anyways, not important. Not important. I know what happened, obviously. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Arizona. So, so this is, I mean, big game pressure here. You know, some winner go home. Right. So, uh, Arizona started the game. Uh, capped off opening the opening kickoff with a nine-yard touchdown pass to Fitzgerald. David Akers came back, making a 45-yard field goal attempt for Philadelphia. So we're at 7-3. to three. Akers would then miss a 47-yard attempt. His first miss in 20 attempts, by the way, in the postseason, which was an NFL record at the time. The Cardinals would answer in the second quarter as Warner hooked up with Fitzgerald. Uh, Warner to Arrington as well. Uh, it was a flea flicker. It was <laughs> Warner to running back J.J. Arrington, back to Kurt Warner, who would then throw it to Fitzgerald for a 62-yard touchdown. You don't see a lot of flea flickers. No, you do not. I wonder why they call it a flea flicker. I don't know, but it's so hard to Just, say. I fucked up trying to say that. Flea flicker. 
Sleep for. I mean, think about that. They don't. I don't get it. All right. Plays in the football are like the funniest names ever. I know, right? Um, flea flicker. The flea flicker. Flea flicker. <laughs> uh, Philly, <laughs> would co- Philly would come back as Akers would make a 33-yard field goal. Uh, but Arizona would close out the first half with Kurt Warner's one-yard touchdown pass to Fitzgerald and Neil Racker's 49-yard field goal in, in the final seconds of the half to make the score 24-6. to Going into halftime, you're at 24 to 6. All right, feeling good. So the Eagles would start trying to rally here in the third quarter as quarterback Donovan McNabb. It was, there you go. Donovan McNabb. Yep. He completed don't a six yard pass. Don't count Andy Reid out. Oh, good old Andy Reid, right? Yeah, don't count him out either. Um, 24 6. 24 6, right. Uh, and a 31-yard touchdown pass to tight end Brent Selleck. Pretty good tight end. Pretty good tight end. In the fourth quarter, Philly took the lead on a 62-yard bomb from McNabb to a rookie named Deshaun Jackson. You ever heard of him? Wow, well, I think I have. Yeah. Uh, they would, good. Eagles would go for a two-point conversion, hoping for a three-point lead, but they failed, leaving the score 25-24. However, the Cardinals regained the lead when Warner would throw an eight-yard slant to running back Tim Hightower and a successful two-point conversion by Warner to the tight end. Arizona was able to hold Philadelphia from making a comeback as the Eagles drove to the 47-yard line, but then McNabb threw a four straight incompletions to turn the ball over on downs. Yeah. I never was an Eagle McNabb guy. So that that game finishes 32-25. And then I got just a couple random, you know. uh, Fitzgerald had a stellar performance with 152 yards and three of Arizona's four touchdowns, which captivated his postseason record I told you about earlier, which was uh, he beat the record set by Jerry Rice in 1988. Yeah, that's that's pretty – that's in good company, right? That's a really good company, yeah. Okay. So, fast, dude. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Very fast. So I got a couple random bits. You know how I always throw them in there. Right. So this game was televised on NBC. This was the network's first Super Bowl since uh, the 1998 Super Bowl, 97 Super Bowl, and it was available in high def. Uh, this would be John Madden's last Super Bowl and last appearance. Uh, <laughs> boom. Boom. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, John Madden became the first person to have announced a Super Bowl for all four major networks. He called five for CBS. He called three for Fox, two for ABC. What? Yeah, that's crazy. He called Super Bowls on all four major networks. Nice. And of course, this was his final game of his career at all because he would retire. Uh, um, the horse trailer. The horse trailer. Because he wouldn't fly, he did not fly, or and he he travel on a bus, so he made this deal out. You don't remember the horse trailer? No. Tell, go go ahead. Go ahead and tell tell me about this. Well, it was an imaginary trailer they had, you know, behind they pulled behind the bus because he was afraid to fly. John Madden never flew anywhere. Well, now That's how did they get to the games when he was the head coach? They drove. He drove the. He rode the bus. 
Fun factor, I believe. He did not fly. So what the fuck if they were, what, what were they doing if they had to go to New York and play the Jets when he was coaching uh, the he, Raiders? Uh, well, I guess he would have. They just leave town. They just leave a couple uh, days early. He didn't go. I don't know what about the coaching. Maybe he maybe he did fly, but I don't. If I remember, I heard I heard him say one game he never had been in a plane. Really? In a plane. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Look it up. Uh, it should be some way to research that. Hop in the Google machine, right? There you go. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. So yeah. No. Hey, I like fun facts and random bits. That's why I put them in here to just kind of add a little All bit right. of content filler. Right. Okay. Um. What else I got? This was the first of two uh, sports championship games in 2009 to be broadcast on NBC because they also had the Stanley Cup Finals on there, which featured Pittsburgh, who also, of course, fucking won. They won the Stanley Cup there. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Bring it in. Pit, pit, pit. All the way. Here you go. You're, hey, Kurt. It's a digital. Yeah. It's a digital world these days. Oh man, analog man. This was the final Super Bowl to be broadcast in analog before. Oh bummer! Made everybody switch to additional uh, digital. Yeah. Digital. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Ooh. and and I I told you about the stats. You know how uh how the main people watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. There was a fun fact I was going to throw in here about Super, about Super Bowl forty three and pornography. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You didn't. You don't know about this. <laughs> oh God! Can I can I take a sidebar? Oh yeah, absolutely. My show, your show, take a sidebar. Right, right. Okay. So I guess, and apparently, me and you were in the wrong. We, I mean, you know, we might, might have been broadcast, but apparently, we live in the wrong market because I don't remember seeing this. Of course, I was a twenty one year old kid drunk off my ass. I probably didn't. I probably just missed it. But I guess somebody had hacked into the feed or something. And like 10 seconds of pornography was shown during this Super Bowl from like the Playboy channel and the FCC and Comcast cable and everybody. They like, I guess, flew the fucking coop over this because there was like 10 seconds of... You didn't see nothing. I I think all it was seen was you seen some you seen some boobies and that was it. But apparently, <laughs> boob. It's such a funny word. <laughs> I challenge any listener out there. I don't care if you're 15. I don't care if you're 55. Say the word boobies. You can't say it without smiling. <laughs> boobies. Boob. But I guess like 10 seconds of boobies got put on the air and it was only in <laughs> select markets. Say boobies. Huh? Boob. Boob. Boobies. Oh, it's you can't smile without saying it, can you? Uh, exactly. Boobies. <laughs> I guess it come out of the Arizona field uh, of the Arizona um, area. It was around the Tucson market or something. But somebody had hacked Comcast's feed in like 10 seconds of the Playboy channel. And then that, as if that wasn't bad enough, well, it got hacked again and it showed 15 seconds of uh, Club Jen. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Club Jenna comes from the Queen, and I'm just I'm not going to go any further when I say Queen, but um, her name's Jenna Jameson. Uh, 
she was an important part of my teenage years growing up uh she's the queen we'll just let it at that but it got so bad that comcast offered ten dollar credits on their bill for anybody who had seen the incident they finally found the guy and two years later he got arrested on computer and fraud charge uh fraud charges and he had to pay like a twenty thousand dollar fine and they gave him like three years of probation <laughs> i bet he thought probation. it was funny i hacked the super bowl but yeah what a pervert what a pervert i can't <laughs> I, I can't believe i just told everybody i know who jenna jameson is <laughs> but hey and, and something else to, to kind of clean up our act here the super bowl yeah. was showing um to all armed forces across the united states like wherever they were stationed in the yeah, world I they got uh do you want to talk super bowl commercials yeah i'll talk yeah you want to yeah. talk you want to talk a few minutes of commercials yeah uh let's see this was the first time in history at the time that the commercial bid had reached three million dollars for a 30 second ad three million dollars that's a lot of scratch uh do you know what our country was going through in 2008 uh the Great Recession. Yes. Did you know that for the first time since advertisements would run in the Super Bowl that none of the big three out of Detroit, GM, Ford, or Chrysler aired a single advertisement during the Super Bowl? Really? Yeah. I guess they thought they were in deep enough shit, you know. Huh. But Budweiser cashed in. They had two commercials. Um, right. Doritos cashed in. They had multiple commercials. Right. Uh, all out, they estimate that for the Super Bowl commercials, they cleared more than two hundred and fifty million dollars for that's the people that. That's <laughs> fucking. I didn't do the conversion rate on that, but um, yeah, it'd be a lot of scratch. That's a lot of scratch. I love when you said. Um, Jennifer Hudson would sing the the national anthem and Star Spangled Banner. This would be the first public appearance she would make since uh her nephew and brother and mother had been murdered uh fun fact i always get a pro wrestling reference in jennifer hudson was married to a professional wrestler oh yeah so there you go got that in there right on um (laughs) uh the nfl would salute uh four decades of champions during the coin toss and the vince lombardi presentation the coin toss featured roger craig john elway and Lynn Swan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, General David Petraeus uh, performed the head cr- uh, the the coin toss. The Steelers called yeah. tails, but it landed on the head, so the Cardinals won. Arizona deferred to the second half, and the Steelers chose to receive, making it the first time in Super Bowl history that the coin toss winner kicked off to start the game. Okay. The NFL had just changed that rule earlier in the year. Like I said, man, there. Two thousand eight was a great season, and the NFL had a lot of changes in place. Two thousand eight, they changed the NFL logo. For those of you people, it's like the logo looks the same. Well, it's a little bit different than what it used to be. The mm-hmm. logo changed in two thousand eight. A lot of shit changed. It was one of the best All seasons right. in league history. Uh, what else we got here, Puss? Hattie, old girl. Hattie, old girl. Um, I don't know. Oh, the halftime show, not the best, but it was okay. Nothing beats the Who. Nothing beats the Who. I'm telling you, in my opinion, St- uh, Colt oh, Saints. 
Do you remember who super, who did the halftime show here? I uh, do not. This would be Bruce Springsteen in the East Street Band. Uh, it's okay. Not a, big, not a big East Street Band. Fan. Fun fact: the Who halftime show would be the following year. Okay. And to me, that set the bar. Yes. I don't know, Michael Jack. Michael Jackson. However, you feel about Michael Jackson, he did a pretty damn good one. Whatever year that was, 93, 94, whatever that was. Yeah. You're just like, I don't want to talk about Michael Jackson. No, I, I dig it for Michael Jackson. <laughs> were, you, were, were you just saying? <laughs> All right, Hattie old girl, let's go on. <laughs> so... Super Bowl for 43. I can't even talk. I'm, I'm going to be dreaming tonight about you singing Billy Jean. Let's wrap this up because we got some stuff to talk about after the meat and taters. Okay. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't make it together this weekend. So, you know, the, uh, the BTA pays itself off once again. Yes. So, Super Bowl 43, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida, February 1st, 2009, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, under mostly cloudy skies and 66 degrees, over almost 71,000 fans. Damn, I'm there, dude. Right I'm out. there, right there. Pittsburgh took the opening kickoff and moved the ball down the field on a 71-yard scoring drive with Big Ben completing a 38-yard bomb to Heinz Ward. And a 21-yard strike to Heath Miller, putting the ball at the Arizona one-yard line. On third down, Big Ben would try a QB scramble. Appeared to score, but it was overruled by the replay challenge, which was determined that he was down before the ball crossed the goal line. Was that the first year they had NBC it? I think that was the NBC it. I think it was, yes. I think that was. Um... Rather than try another attempt at the touch at the touchdown and possible turn it over, which I honestly don't say what what do you care if you turn it over, you're gonna put them right. in their own end zone anyways. Right. Uh Jeff Reed, eighteen yard, three oh lead Pittsburgh. Bang it through, yeah. Yeah. The Steelers would force an Arizona punt and then drove back down the field for what would turn into more points because on the first play of the drive, Roethlisberger would bomb a twenty five yard pass to Santonio Holmes. So as we end the first quarter there, as we start the second quarter, uh, Roethlisberger would follow up three more completions to Miller for 26 yards, to Holmes for seven, and to reserve running back Gary Russell went in the end zone on a one-yard touchdown run to make the score 10-0 Pittsburgh. They became the first team to score on its first two drives since the Broncos had done it in Super Bowl 32. Now on defense... Pittsburgh would hold Arizona to just one drive and one first down in the first quarter while outgaining them or while gaining 135 yards. But now the Cardinals got going for the first time uh, midway through the second quarter as uh, Warner hit a 45 yard bomb to Anquan Bolden to move the ball all the way at the Steelers one. On the next play, Kurt Warner nearly fell over taking the snap. But he regained his balance and threw a one-yard touchdown pass to tight end Ben Patrick. After an exchange of punts from each team, 
Big Ben would come back and throw a pass that was tipped at the line of scrimmage and intercepted by Carlos Dansby at the Steelers' 34-yard line. Seven plays later, the Cardinals drove down to a first down on the Pittsburgh one-yard line, but with 18 seconds left, and here you go, Kurt. With, <laughs> yeah. And I can't play the audio on this because I'm on the phone with you. Believe me, if I could play the audio, I'd do it. Right. So with 18 seconds left to go in the first half, Kurt Warner's pass intended for Bolt. Stop by Harrison. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'll just do that. Michael's right there. Okay. Harrison took off down the sideline for the longest play in Super Bowl history, which has since been passed with Jacoby Jones' 108-yard kickoff return in Super Bowl 47, 48, whatever it was. Anyways, uh, a hundred yard touchdown run, uh, which is just incredible when you see it. Yeah, you have to watch it. It looks yeah. like Harrison's blitzing because they're on yeah. the one yard line, right? And Harrison's an intimidating son of a bitch. Have you seen the videos and the things he does when he's lifting weights? Yeah, it's pretty he's just what an animal he is in the gym. Yes, but anyways, he looks like he's blitzing, and then nobody. I didn't pick it up. Of course, I'm 21. Uh, I don't Nobody's even. Th- seen. Yeah, I, I don't even think Jesus Christ saw him doing this. Kurt like Warner Jesus was so busy, Kurt didn't see him. No, he just fades back into coverage, picks off Warner, and just. So the booth review was called to verify that Harrison had broken the plane as he was oh. tackled at the goal line, and the ruling stood. And when I'm telling you, he laid there gassed. He was tanked. He was tanked. Like they had oxygen on that boy. That old fat boy was just a. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a hundred yard journey that was. Dude, everybody was up screaming. We were all I screaming was, at I the was TV. Jumping up and down, acting like a fool. I was pulling for Arizona. Luck, which was a pup then. Luck, luck was luck was a pup. Was looking, yeah, looking at me like, what are you doing? Of course he was bouncing around too, didn't know why. <laughs> oh luck. I miss my buddy. Yeah. He's He's still here. I'll see him again in two weeks. There you go. Uh, so we get into the third quarter now. Uh, the Steelers would force a punt out of Arizona in the third quarter to start off. Uh, and then they'd add another scoring drive. Uh, they there, But there was three personal foul penalties against Arizona, uh, which hurt them. Uh, but they, you know, they moved the ball 79 yards and 14 plays did Pittsburgh and took 839 off the clock. However, they were unable to get into the end zone despite two first downs inside the Cardinals 10. Uh, they had to settle for another Jeff, Ro- Jeff Reed field goal, which would gave them a 20-7 to lead. So at this point, yeah. we're all pretty much thinking yeah. Steelers got this in the bag. Yep, I was, uh, for sure. Yeah, so uh, and then True to form, as many Super Bowls have been in the 2000s era, you get into the, just skip to the fourth quarter if you're TiVo in the game, just you know DVR in the game. So we get in the fourth quarter. After a few more punts, Kurt Warner would lead the Cardinals down the field on an eight-play, 87-yard drive that took uh, almost four minutes off the clock, and they did this all by running the no huddle. It was 7.33 left in the game. Warner threw a fade to Fitzgerald, who made a leaping catch uh, through tight coverage by your boy Ike Taylor. Uh, 
Yeah, Swagger. They made the score 20 to 14. So later on, Graham had a 34 yard punt that pinned the Steelers back at their own one yard line. Two plays later, on third down and 10, Roethlisberger threw a 20 yard pass to Holmes, but. Yeah. So, no, it was not this one. Okay. Justin, this was a, this was a holding call. Yeah, right. It was oh, okay. Safety. Okay, I thought. Yeah, I thought he was talking. I thought he was jumping the gun on me. Well, no, I was all excited because I thought we dug her way out of the you know a hole there. My bad. My bad. And then bam! Look, I, I apologize. I, I I chastised you and you put me in my place. No, I didn't. But Hartway got the holding call, which nullified the catch, but it gave right. him a safety. So now we're twenty to sixteen. So Tomlin, Tomlin would come nervous. out. Tomlin would, Very nervous. Yeah, yeah. So Tom, Tomlin would later come out that losing the two points didn't phase him as he did as it didn't change how the Steelers called plays for the rest of the game on either side of the ball. Tomlin's got big nuts, I guess. Uh, yeah, he might be on the fucking chopping block right now. You're just you're you're ready to you ain't gonna fire him. Uh, it might be what we need. Well, let's focus on this Steelers first. All right. Okay. Yeah, because it's a happier time. Go it's ahead. a happier time. Uh, taking over on their own 36 after the after the punt, Arizona took two plays to score as Warner would throw another pass to Fitzgerald on a post route. Fitzgerald caught the ball without breaking stride and took off Nobody down the – touched you. No, dude, and it's a beautiful play. I mean, 64-yard yeah. touchdown receptions, and they took the lead 23-20. to at this point, I'm happier than a pig in shit. Right. Is that is that still a saying? Do people still say that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm happier than a pig in shit. 23-20. So, Pittsburgh gets the ball back. Their own 22-yard line. 237 left. They got two timeouts. In my mind, going back to what a drunken 21-year-old is thinking, I'm like, this is Big Ben. He's been solid. He's part of that 2004 class with Manning and, you know, Rivers. Right. He's going to be something. He's already got one Super Bowl. You know, he you know, he it's possible, but this isn't Peyton Manning, this isn't Drew Brees, this isn't Tom Brady, this isn't Brett Favre. Like I'm not sweating it. All right. First play, a holding penalty pushes him back 10 yards. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, here we go. Yeah, fuck yeah." Then Roethlisberger completes a pass to Santonio Holmes for 14 yards. We get an incompletion. Roethlisberger threw it to Holmes again for a first down. An 11-yard catch by Nate Washington followed, and a four-yard run by Roethlisberger would force the Steelers to burn their first timeout. On the very next play, he completes another pass to Santonio Holmes, who took it 40 yards to the Cardinals' six-yard line uh, after their safety blew the coverage. Yeah. So two plays later, Roethlisberger finds Moeldy Moore covered in the flat and then Ward covered. So he looks and he fucking throws the ball to Santonio Holmes who ran a flag route in the right corner. Holmes catches the pass in the back corner of the end zone for a touchdown. Manning to land with his two toes inbounds before falling out of bounds. Somehow. My feet never left the ground, he would later say. All I did was extend my arms 
and use my toes to catch the ball. That's what he did. After a booth review, the touchdown stood. And then with the extra point good, the Steelers are in front 27-23 with 35 seconds remaining. If me and Kurt were together right now, I would have played the audio on that too. That is, personally, in my opinion, um, just as beautiful, if not more beautiful, than David Tyree's helmet catch that screwed the New England Patriots. Uh, I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hate everything they stand for. Um, Nobody likes the Steelers. There's no person in America that has ever been a Steelers fan. Uh, But that was the most beautiful play I've ever seen. And I want you to know that I was using every imaginable cuss word I knew, and I was probably creating a couple Right. when I was 21 years old Right. on a drunken Super Bowl night. I hate you. You're laughing so much. But, it, I mean, it really was. It was, it, was, it was a beautiful catch, and he toe-tapped it. I mean, it wasn't even his toe. It was his toenails. Let's get, That's how no. close it was. It was his toenails. Let's don't forget the guy making that throw too. What a throw! Only place he could have oh, been. Oh God! Let's not forget the guy too making the throw. Well, yeah, okay, leave him out. He's pretty good. <sighs> so here we are, thirty-five seconds left. We're twenty-seven to twenty-three. So you got to score a touchdown because a field goal does you nothing. Right. I'm thinking, yeah. You, you're, yeah, oh yeah, you done. Yeah. Oh, I've been through every emotion. I've been loving the Steelers to hate the Steelers and back to loving them again. Okay, so on the ensuing kickoff, Kurt Warner would complete a 20-yard pass to Fitzgerald. you got to think here, every play is going to Fitzgerald. So you know Pittsburgh's probably all over that. Right. Okay, so uh, he... Completes a 20-yard pass to Fitzgerald and then a 13-yarder to uh, running back J.J. Arrington. It would move the ball down to the Steelers' 44. Now, with 15 seconds left to go, he attempted – he was going to attempt a Hail Mary here. But here you got l- rookie Lamar Woodley. He would yeah. force a fumble that sacked Warner. And then Brett Kiesel would recover the fumble – to give the ball back to Pittsburgh with five seconds left to go. Uh, as they would come out and, and take a knee in, in the game. Um, many viewers assumed that the play had not been reviewed for a possible incomplete pass, but of course Mike Pereira, who was the head of the NFL officiating, right. explained, we confirmed it was a fumble. The replay assistant in the replay booth saw it clearly as a fumble. The ball was knocked loose. Yeah. Uh, it was the first and only Super Bowl in which Warner was Warner play, Warner was involved in, not to be decided on the final play of the game. Uh, Roethlisberger's kneel down uh, secured the Steelers' sixth Super Bowl victory. Uh, right. It was uh, making them the first team in league history to ever win six Super Bowls. Now, in Super Bowl Forty Three, Arizona and Pittsburgh combined for the fewest rushing attempts. And rushing yards in Super Bowl history. Really? Uh, they only had, there was only 38 combined carries for 91 yards. Ouch. The Cardinals outgained the Steelers in passing yards and total yards, which was amazing. 
but Arizona was flagged for 11 penalties for 106 yards. So, you know, Warner was 31 to 43 for 377 and three touchdowns with one interception. Um, so. What a big pick that was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, just not, I mean, what a blindside. Yeah. And, and, and here, here, here you go. Um, Warner's, uh, his 377 yards was the second most in Super Bowl history behind his own record. Whoa. He had set of 414 yards in Super Bowl 34. Eight years later at Super Bowl 51, Tom Brady would break Kurt Warner's record with 466 yards. Mm. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, Warner yeah. passed Joe Montana for most career yards in Super Bowl history with 1156. Uh, Brady, Tom Brady would ultimately reach 2071 and seven Super Bowls. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. Warner's top target was Fitzgerald, of course. Uh, Roethlisberger was 21 of 30 for 256 and a touchdown with one interception. Woodley, rookie Lamar Woodley, had two sacks and a forced fumble in that game, setting an NFL playoffs record for consecutive multiple sack games by a player with four. Uh, and I know you're gonna love this, and I'll I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna hit the laugh button or the applause button. With this victory, the Steelers became the first team to win three Super Bowls in the same state. Their victories in Super Bowls 10 and 13 were both at the Miami Orange Bowl. The city's name was ceremony. The city of Pittsburgh ceremonially changed their name for the rest of 2009 to the city of Sixburg. <laughs> That's pretty corny, really. Sixburg. Sixburg. I hate you, oh, Kurt. <laughs> Uh, so that's a pretty good one there, though. I didn't know that. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> the city of Sixburg. Oh yes, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sixburg. Sixburg. The Sixburg Steelers. Now. The Sixburg Steelers. We're yeah. one and fucking four right now, and somebody's ass is gonna be on the hot seat. <laughs> so. Getting back to what I was talking about, um, I really urge you guys, uh, Tyson, I'm talking to you specifically, my friend Tyson. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, I got a little bit of something to share with you about him. Uh, Tyson's a big uh, sports nerd and a big Pittsburgh Steelers and Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Yeah, uh, he's also a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Hang on. I got something for that. Uh, my Pittsburgh. boy is too. There you go, Tyson. There's your Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you're a Dodgers fan. You can't say nothing. You're the number one seed in the National League right now. Right. Yeah, uh, but, we'll he, but anyways, uh, th- th- this was a, a significant season in NFL history. Uh, like, seriously, there was uh, rule changes galore. They changed a lot of their uniforms and apparels. Uh, they changed the logo. Uh, they changed the way the scheduling was done. They changed the way penalties were done. They awesome. right, a, lot of change. a lot of change. I just want to drive that in. And if you're a research nerd, I urge you to just 
hop in your Google machine and Google 2008 NFL season and, uh, you know, check the, uh, the NFL's website, check Wikipedia, uh, YouTube. Like, it was major stuff going on, some stuff that was really cool. And I just, I don't know, I just, it's one of my all-time favorite seasons. Is it the ultimate team sport, football? Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, one of the biggest, coolest things uh, about uh, the 2008 season, uh, this was our first tie in almost a decade. This was where Donovan McNabb had famously said that he didn't even know the NFL could end in ties. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh <laughs> This would be also the the season of the Wildcat. This was where, or the uh, Suggs package, where you would have two quarterbacks on the field at once, as Baltimore did. And of course, Baltimore had linebacker Terrell Suggs. Uh, so they would call, they called it the Suggs package. And you would have Joe Flacco and uh, little bitty Troy Smith out of Ohio State. Uh, did he win a Heisman Trophy, Troy Smith? I I want I think he I want to say he won one in like oh five. Let me uh, let me pop in my own Google machine here. Right. Troy Smith won the Heisman in two thousand six. Look at me go. Look at the big brain on me. Brain brain on you. But uh, the two thousand eight season was the you know the the Wildcat. So the Miami Dolphins. Tony Sperano, not Tony Soprano from the Sopranos I'm watching. <laughs> Tony Sperano, the guy with the fucked up eye, uh, yes. was the head coach then. That was they came in, made the playoffs. Uh, Chad Pennington, was it Chad right. Pennington? Might have been Chad Pennington. I don't remember. I so. uh, but they they had the Wildcat formation that was taking the league by storm. The Dolphins had had been the worst team in the league in 2007. They finished one in 15. Uh, they they drafted Jake Long. They actually there was controversy that started before that because Jake Long signed with the Dolphins a few days before the draft ever happened, before he was even drafted, which started a whole bunch of shit with the league. Right. So, uh, you know, and they rode that. Uh, of course, with it doesn't it doesn't hurt when um, Tom Brady blows out his ACL on the very first play of the game on the very first game of the season. Right. And he's taken out. And uh, who was their backup? Who was Tom Brady's backup? The Patriots would finish eleven and five in two thousand eight and miss the postseason. Who was? Who was Matt Castle? Uh, Matt Castle. Matt Castle. I don't even need yep. to get in the Google. Look at me. I yep. didn't even there have to go. get the Google. Uh, and of course, two thousand eight is most remembered to me for the two thousand eight season. For um, besides Detroit going zero and sixteen, it was uh, Favre watch. As Brett Favre unretired and was traded to the New York Jets. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And then he would retire again in 2009. Yeah. And then come back with Minnesota. Yeah. And we're going to do a 2009 Minnesota Vikings episode because that team should have made it to the Super Bowl. And And I'm telling you right now, hot take, no offense to my Colts, no offense to the Saints who eventually won. Had the Vikings made it to the Super Bowl, had they beat New Orleans, Favre would have retired because he would have went out on top with a Super Bowl ring. Right. I'm telling you, son. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, 
I mean, this wasn't, I don't think this is going to go down as one of our greatest episodes of all time. We sure had a lot of fun, though. I had fun, yeah. Uh, I, got some, I got some stuff to go over with you. Uh, I don't know what our next episode's going to be. We might do current events. Um, we might go ahead and roll out Killdozer. We might do Oklahoma <laughs> City. I have no idea. Right. Uh, I guess me and you will talk about that. Uh, hockey season officially starts tomorrow. Puck it. Puck it. Uh, I have a friend of mine, Tyson, who yeah. is a regular listener of the show. Yeah. Why? I guess because he likes to hear hashtag tits. Two idiots talking sports. <laughs> we missed the, boat. missed the boat. We missed yes. the boat. We are on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to roll out an episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards with your permission. Okay. With your permission. Yeah. And it's just going to be a bonus episode. It's just going to be me and Tyson doing a little season preview of hockey. Just because... He's been interested, wants to see the podcast, might even want to set in with you and I sometime. And since right now I still only have two mics and two headphones, with your permission as the co-host, I'm going to let him sit in your chair, so to speak, for an episode. And we're going to roll out a uh, NHL season preview. All right. Yeah, that sounds cool. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, I did. Now, I told him. I told him. With, with my seat has great responsibility now. Uh, well, I mean, he is a Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> fan and a Pims fan, right. so that's right. Yeah, no, I figured no problem, when I man. when I told you that that you'd be okay with it. I'm a Pins fan too. Let's go Pins. <laughs> he's he's a big Pins fan. Uh, he likes hockey more than football, so he's super excited. Oh, and he's a, cool. Yeah, I mean that worked. That worked for me. Yeah. Uh, you and I are going to be doing some upcoming. Uh, puck talk you and i have a bunch of world series stuff going on uh right we'll be doing i, I got a feeling we're going to be doing uh a bunch of world series recaps as we're heading into baseball postseason now and uh doyle and i are supposed to be doing an nba season preview i must right. i must talk to him about that but uh okay i guess that's how just no that's cool dude i i uh, go for it i mean that'd be that'd be cool uh, I did make some hockey. I did. I did a. Uh, I did a bonus episode without you the other night. Uh oh. You were asleep. It was Uh-oh. like uh, it was like twelve thirty in the morning. So oh, definitely asleep. You you need to go check this episode out at work. It's 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 only about an hour and ten minutes. Okay. So this is about a story that made national headlines uh, in 2007. And apparently, yeah, I think in 2007, I was a 19, 20-year-old kid, and I had just lost my mom in June. And this story kind of went down in June. Uh, So my head was up my ass. But uh, I I titled the episode Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) So it's about this couple named Ed and Elaine Brown, who uh, I guess were tax evaders weren't paying their fucking taxes or whatever right and they got religion brought into this and the government said you guys are going to jail and this woman claimed she put out a press release saying the only way we leave our home is if we're free of man's law or in body bags ah so and i put it out last week i had just i had just found out about that story like that day or a day before and it was like the 15th anniversary of them getting arrested 
So I had to put it out there, but these people are like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, son. Well, I'll check it out. So, but, uh, all right. Um, I guess uh, that ties up everything for this. Uh, I will see you to record in a couple weeks. Right. We will try to get a try to get a mini episode done this week or next week. And uh, all right, man, I got any more bitching you want to do about your Steelers? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two minutes to bitch about the Steelers. Uh, uh I'm done bitching. <laughs> What's going to happen with the Steelers this season? Well, we're going to uh, we're going to see who we really are going forward. Do you guys make winning record? Or not? Not with, not with uh, hot tag. Not with Matt Canada. You are not a fan of. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to open the fucking playbook a little bit. Mike Canada. You, know, you can't run Najee first and second down, and all of a sudden you're third and eight because teams know you're going to run first and second down, and ask Kenny Pickens to pick up the first down on a three yard route. We need eight yards. Not three, eight. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> Our defense is on the fucking field the whole game because we can't do nothing on offense. Three and out. Three and out. There's so, a lot with Kenny Pickett, though. I, I, he is the real deal. I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. I like his moxie. He's got moxie. I'll put that. Kurt. Say Canada's got a long lost relative that lives out in southern Indiana, and he's never met this person, but he was just left like a hundred thousand dollars. He's got to go pick it up, and he he has a flat tire along this, you know, single lane county road, and he stops in your driveway to knock on your door to ask him to help change the tire. What what do you say to Canada? Hi, Canada. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Uh, you got tires here? A jack? Because I'm going to bust it across your head. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On the next episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards, jo- join us as Kirk Kelly becomes the new owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. What is the yeah. first change he makes? Fire uh, Canada. Canada. Go back to Canada, eh? <laughs> you poser. Well, this has definitely been an interesting episode. Yes. So, all right, Puss, I'll be in touch with you in a few days. We'll figure something out. And you're you're cool with this uh, bonus episode of Hockey oh, Talk? Yeah. yeah, dude, that's cool. Absolutely. Okay, right on, man. Um, check out Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, our latest entry. <laughs> Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And uh, Ed and Elaine Brown, 2007. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. So it for pretty interesting already. Dude, these people are fucking nuts. This guy was this guy's still locked up. She got out of jail. This dude's never getting out of jail. Nobody got killed, but apparently they stockpiled enough ammunitions and food and these people were uh, they changed their name to I am my name is Ed the living soul in the body of the Lord from the country of Israel so, like this fucking shit they, Kurt. They basically said, fuck the man, though. Yeah, they weren't paying their taxes. She was a dentist. He was. Uh, he had worked in pest extermination. She She had the majority of the money. Their problems with the government was for on her end for like thousands and hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars really? of unpaid taxes. 
And he just made the situation 10 times worse because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and then they threatened a bunch of people and, you know. Uh, sounds like, wow. And the U.S. Marshal Service uh, positively affected their arrest in the most simplest, craziest way possible. Like they got arrest without any injury because these people were so naive that they thought people were supporting them that they were letting people into their home to help them and buy them rations and stuff. Really? And this couple went in posing as supporters, this man and this male and female agent. And within 20 seconds, they had them both in handcuffs. <laughs> and I just laughed. Cause I'm like, this goes on for months, this month standoff. Cause these people don't leave their house. And then you just walk in 20 seconds. They're in handcuffs. Like what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah. So no, I got hurt, but it's a good story. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, our latest yeah. entry in Steel Toes and Scoreboards Universe. So for Kurt Kelly, my homie, I miss you, dude. I wish I still worked with you. Yeah, same here, bro. Uh, but uh, we will holler at you guys next time, and uh, I'll be in touch, puss. All right. All right. See Peace you, bro. Out.